Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your man Sam, host of Just Talk with Sam Podcast. Just Talk with Sam Podcast. Man, we got a good one for you guys today. Um, special guest coming today. It's my man Trip Jennings. Yes, Trip Jennings. Now, normally this is the part of the podcast where I give you a little bio on Trip and you know where you think you know him from. But see, that's the thing about Trip Jennings. You know him from a lot of different places in a lot of different places. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of give you a little taste of where you know him from. Trip Jennings himself is a director. He's an adventurer. He's uh, he's worked with like he founded Balance Media. He's worked for National Geographic for over a decade. His films have won dozens of awards around the world. If you don't know him from his film work, you may know him as an adventurer, exploration kayaker, um, actually a competition kayaker at that, and conservationist. So this guy is everywhere, and also. A little spell from that geo discovery channel he has traveled the world and covered environmental issues political issues social issues and he man this is a true renaissance man a journalist uh, all of it and we get a chance to talk to him about his new project his new movie it's called elemental reimagine wildfire now this movie itself explores it what what it does one of the things about the movie, I don't want to spoil too much in the movie, but this movie was narrated by the iconic award-winning actor, David Oyelowo. You may remember him from Selma, Nightingale, The Gringo, and it features in- interviews by Dr. Beverly Law and tons of people um, researched, and they broke this down to the science, literally and figuratively. But with Elemation... Elemental Reimagine Wildfire actually is. It takes viewers on a journey with the top experts from across the nation to better understand wildfires. The film starts with an escape from Paradise, California, and how the town ignited from wind driven embers um, within a few hours of the fire start and then continue for a record shattering fires. That's just one of the things that they um, break down in this documentary. And quite honestly, after talking with him, we um, he kind of educated me on what wildfires are and how they start and how important it is to get get a hold of this and get in control of this. So we have a great chat. And um, much like all my interviews, you can see the visual um, interview on our YouTube page. You can see the visual as well as you right now listening to the audio. So it's a great interview. He enlightened me on a lot of things. But first, before we jump to this interview, we got to pay some bills. Um, and one of the things you can do to support this podcast is go to our homepage at samshownation.com. Your home for everything related to the Just Talk With Sam podcast. Right there on the homepage and current promotions page, there is a donate button. We've been doing this for over 13 years. Please hit that button and donate whatever makes you feel like a good person. I swear every single solitary red cent goes right back into this podcast to make a bigger, greater podcast along with that um maybe you want a little bang for your buck you want to show off your wares you can always go to samshownation.com hit the store link and get all your samshownation swag there whether that be hats t-shirts uh stickers whatever you need to show this podcast and show the people that you love this podcast it's all right there speaking of the podcast itself you can also go to samshownation.com hit the podcast button by hitting that podcast button you can listen to every podcast we've ever done 
or at least a good chunk of them, like, um, right there on the podcast. I mean, on the podcast page. But maybe you listen to podcasts a little bit differently. Whether it be Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, CastBox, whatever you got. We are wherever podcasts can be found. So put in Just Talk With Sam, no G and Talk, and Just Talk With Sam podcast, and you'll find us right then and there. Before we jump into this awesome interview, we got a few sponsors this week. And our first sponsor is the good folks at Omaha Steaks. Yes, that Omaha Steaks. Look, I get it. Uh, Memorial Day is right around the corner, and all my grill masters out there, you want to jump on this. It's called the Spring Celebration, and you can save up to 55% off all free burgers. Uh, excuse me, up to 55% off for, and and free shipping. They wrote that weird on over 169 dollars. And free burgers on any order over $149. Details for the spring into something that sizzles with up to 55% off all of your Omaha Steaks favorites. So if you're manning that grill, you can get the steaks. You can get your flaming yawns. You can get your top sirloins, tri-tip, ribeye, T-bone. But maybe you want to do something a little bit different. They have other things. Whether it be the marinated salmon fillets, the jumbo cooked shrimp. The Butcher Cup Air Chilled Chicken Breast, Ultra Premium Ground Beef, Split Lobster Tail Skewers, Bacon Wrap Pork Chops, and Chicken Cordon Blue. You can have all of that from the good folks at Omaha Steaks. But you want to act fast because if you want your stuff before Memorial Day, you better do this right now. If not, fill your freezer with their spring celebration because even though Memorial Day is around the corner, you're going to be grilling all summer long. So please, go to samshownation.com, click the Omaha Steaks link, get what you want, get something tasty, go to Omaha Steaks, via samshownation.com. Our next sponsor is the good folks at Paramount Plus. I know a minute ago I was just talking about Memorial Day, but Paramount Plus got a Memorial Day salute for anybody who worked in our armed services. Paramount Plus salutes the military and they're offering a special deal with samshownation.com. If you go to samshownation.com you click the current promotions button they are offering 25% off any subscription plan for life. You better hurry up go to samshownation.com click the link for Paramount Plus it is their Memorial Day discount look the offer is available for all active duty retirees, reservists, and National Guard, veterans, dependents, and spouses. Uh, applies to your selected plan. Some conditions may apply, but you want to redeem this right now. This Memorial Day Paramount Plus thanks you for your service, and they want you to sit down and watch some of the good shows on Paramount Plus. But get the discount first. I, I want you to save your money. So please go to samshownation.com. Click the Paramount Plus link. Get the Memorial Day discount. Paramount Plus. It's a mountain of entertainment. And lastly, certainly not leastly, we talked about Memorial Day. Let's go for three. You know who got your back this Memorial Day or before Memorial Day. You got people over you on the grill? Target. The good people at Target. But the good people at Target want you to go to samshownation.com. Whatever you need. 
whether that be tablecloths, whether that be last minute deals, maybe you need some chips, maybe you need some charcoal, maybe you just getting the last minute start. They got your back. They got everything you need for this Memorial Day, whether you are cooking out, staying in, whatever, however you choose to celebrate Memorial Day. Target got you covered. All you have to do is go to samsonation.com. You click that Target link, you can shop right then and there. And if you want to make the most of your time, you can get the um, pickup. You can go right to your friendly neighborhood Target. Uh, they, will, they will either A, put it in your car. You ain't even got to get out of the car. If you want to go inside, you're feeling adventurous. They'll hand it right to you at their uh, registry and pickup, order pickup right there and there. Maybe you forget something else. You can walk around the store. They got your pickup waiting. Or if you ain't got to leave the house at all, they'll ship it right to you. But you want to hurry up on this. Your Memorial Day is special. You earned it. And the people who's going to help you out is good folks at Target. So please go to samshownation.com. Get the Target link on the current promotions page. They got your back this Memorial Day. So with that said, that's enough of my sponsors right now. What I'm about to do, I'm about to hit this button. Take a quick pause. And um, about 90 seconds, you will hear me and Trip Jennings. So, here we go. I will see you guys in about 90 seconds. This is Just Talk With Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Put your name on it. If you don't talk about it, be about it. I don't know this like right now. Seriously. Review on iTunes, y'all. But it's obvious if y'all are listening, we, we never write this out. while you're doing your interview i'm literally like i listen to it but like i'm gonna be making my coffee because the brain she's slow today um you are on with sam you're gonna have a lovely interview i'm gonna hit record as a backup i'm just gonna shut up and let you guys have a great conversation good morning sam thanks for hey. thanks for having me trip hey thank you so much you know what i don't know if you listen to my show or whatever we are always slobberingly grateful for every guest we get and someone of your magnitude so as always we have to do the customary over-the-top introduction from my man trip jennings so let's get into it people right. you may remember him as the cover model of march 
2010's edition of Canoe and Kayak Magazine. But since then, he has found a new love and risk-taking that doesn't necessarily involve whitewater rapids. Wherever it's going down, whether it's going to be in on week-long missions to collect elephant dung to stop poaching, curbing wildfires in western USA, or almost giving his left eye to stop injustice in the streets of his hometown of Portland, Oregon, shout out Rip City, a man whose very presence on this show has boosted our journalistic integrity by tenfold. He has been around the world and I, 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 to cover environmental issues, and lead research expeditions into places like Congo, Papua New Guinea, the Amazon, and right now in your eyes and ear holes. Ladies and gentlemen, Trip Jennings, welcome to the podcast. Yes, that's the best intro I've ever had. I'm so happy to be here. Man, I have been watching you, and in that introduction, I have been watching you and not knowing I'm watching you, whether it been on that geo, whether it been, um, you know, Discovery, and now with Balanced Media. And I didn't know this until, like, I had to do homework for this um, interview. I watch a TED Talk. I watch a TED Talk about risk-taking. Yeah. And you you change your hair pretty often. Let's just put it like that. Um, <laughs> but... Now with environment, uh, excuse me, uh, with this new documentary, Elemental, you have taken something that, and I'm a Midwestern, I'm, I'm from Detroit, so this is all new information to me. I always see it on the news, and I do have that, um, callous, if you will, to say like, man, why don't those guys just move? And, <laughs> right. <laughs> every year, it happens every year. But after watching this, we learned a lot. And I guess opening it up, I got a chance to see sort of like the, um, um, was this a conscious decision showing the escape or putting you right into, I don't want to give too much of the documentary away, but you put us right in the middle of an escape from Paradise, California. The fears, the emotions, the danger. Why was it so important to start off the documentary that way? Well, I mean, you know, wildfire is a problem that even if you're in, even if you're in Detroit, even if you're in, you know, wherever Midwest, like you're going to see the smoke, you're going to smell the smoke. But I don't know if you've felt the fear and the, the like intensity that, you know, the people experience when they're evacuating. Right. And that is sadly, it's, it's happening to more and more people, right. As the climate warms, um, and as, you know, fire season gets longer, sometimes it gets a lot drier. And we're just seeing that happen in more and more places than I think a lot of people expected. You know, people in Oregon hadn't had that happen. And in 2020, that's what we expect. That's what we experienced, kind of the same thing. And then, you know, we're seeing that in Colorado in the middle of winter two, two years ago, right? So, so I really wanted to take people to that moment, the most intense emotional moment, you know, when, when a family is trying to reunite in the middle of one of the worst you know, di natural disasters that's really almost ever happened in this country. Um, one of the most difficult and trying moments of their lives. And, and, you know, the mother, she says, I was just trying to touch my children because as they were driving through this fire, she didn't know if it was the last time she'd ever be able to touch them. Right. And, and that for me, 2018 in paradise, California, I think that was a turning point for people in fire where they were like, okay, what we are doing is not working. 
we have to do something different. We have to change the way we approach fire, not just during fires, but in between fires. And that's, that's the idea of the film. And, and we, you know, we, we found what that is. And that's what the film is about. Now I'm walking a tightrope here because I don't want to give up any of the film, but I do have to ask, um, instead of just straight up fighting the fires, um, there is a question of just coexisting. Like, um, personally, I, I, I'm torn because it's, it's like a form of, I don't want to say defeatism, but it's like, is, this is just going to happen. That, I, I guess that's the feeling I got, but shouldn't we be avoiding that? Well, look, it's not that this is just going to happen. It's that we live in places where it's always happened. And I think that what we have to do as, as humans, it, you know, in this sort of like new world that we're in as, as we are so, you know, there's so many of us, we have to remember that we can't fully stop all of the earth systems that have happened since time immemorial before we were here. Right. And we had this nice little period where, you know, between our technology and getting luck, lucky on climate, it looked like we could stop fire. Right. And, and no one says, oh, I can't just accept that hurricanes are going to happen. No one says, I can't just accept that rain's going to happen. We don't have hurricane fighters. We don't have rain fighters or tornado fighters, right? We have firefighters because it used to work really well. And look, we're always going to have firefighters. We need them. They are going to help protect us and save lives. But we have to accept that there are limits, just like any of the other weather that we experience, right? So we've got to prepare in between fires. And that's, and it's more than what we've been told in the past, right? There is a narrative that like, okay, cool. You know, we can just do some stuff in the forest and that'll be enough, but it's not. We see that over and over. It's not. So I, I, I think it's a really positive vision of us being able to live and thrive with fire because we can't fully stop fire anymore. We know that. Well, let's, let's rewind this a little bit. Um, I, cause, like I said, I'm picking my questions very carefully because I don't want to give a lot of, it's a lot of information in here, but you yourself got personally involved with this because there was a lot of misinformation given, whether it be in public or from politicians or whatever about these wildfires. So what was the, pardon the pun, spark in you <laughs> that says, you know what? I need to investigate this. Let, let me put my full weight behind this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think misinformation is one way to say it, but also just, you know, we, we have lived in this landscape as, as people who aren't native to this place, right? For a couple hundred years, and we came with our assumptions, and we, we nurtured those assumptions, right? And our assumptions were that we could control wildfire, right? And, and I think that the, and, and we, the way that we control wildfire is by fighting it, right? And like I said, that worked for a while. But, um, and if that's not going to work, then the way that we do it is we pretend that the problem is in the forest, not in the way that we build and the way that we live in the forest and where we live in the forest, right? So I don't know if it's misinformation or if it's just, you know, over and over about climate change adaptation. What I see is that we, we're bringing old notions to a new problem, right? We're bringing, um, these like sort of stories that like, okay, you can control wildfire. The problem is in the forest. If we just go to the forest, then we can deal with the problem. 
And what we're seeing with fire and so many other issues like this is we got to turn that on its head, right? And then we can live and thrive with it, right? So if we say, oh, the problem is actually where and how we build our homes. And if we just change some things, we'll be all right. I think that's a really liberating and exciting moment, right? Instead of just being like, we have to be passive victims of these giant fires. We don't have to be passive victims of these fires anymore. And that's what I want to turn on its head with this film. Now, one thing, uh, I like what you just said. You talked about the old notion of fighting a fire or um, people having these old school ideas. And we all know people just love changing their mind. So uh, we, it, it, it's so apparent. But one of the most important things I, I thought that uh, was a good point that you put in there, and sorry if I'm spoiling this, you gave climate trends going back to the 50s all the way to now just to kind of better understand how we as a people understand fire behavior. Um, why was that important to show the mirror to the people themselves to say, like, look, this is what is happening. Yeah, well, so it turns out that, you know, we feel like we have a lot of fire right now, right? Because, I mean, right, and we do, we do have a lot of fire, right? Like, as we speak, there is like a, something like 150 times the number of acres burning in Alberta, Canada, than there should be by this time of the year, right? There's a lot more fire now than there was a generation ago. But if you go back three, four generations you can see that fire goes through these big cycles, right? Mm -hmm. We remember the Dust Bowl. We remember it being a really hot, dry time. but the, And that also dried out our forests in the United States, right? So in the 30s and the 20s, we had actually even more fire than we have today. And then we went through this cool, wet period where firefighting worked really well, and we expanded into these places that burn, right? And so we shouldn't blame ourselves for believing that we can stop all fires because we did for like two generations but now the climate is warming it's hotter and it's drier fire season is longer and that's not working anymore so i think i mean i don't want to beat anybody up here right because like we all went through this or like our parents went through this and told us the stories of firefighting working so it makes sense that we would think that it just doesn't work anymore and so that's why we that's you know that's why the whole like you know second almost more than half of the film is about like, okay, here's the research that shows how we do this. Okay. All right. Since you touched on it, I, I'll, I'm taking your lead so we don't spoil anything, but you talked about the second half of the film and in the second half of the film, well, the whole film, if you, uh, keeping it real, you focused a lot more on science than you do political angles. And you did address, there are some, strong political angles when it comes down to changing the landscape of housing or just how we govern. So was that a conscious decision to stay more towards the science than it is more of the politics of it? Yeah, I mean, look, what we wanted to do is say, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And this is how the people who are looking at this very in-depth, you know, and, and in a way, I think science is important because scientific method helps us get away from, break out of our these stories, these narratives that we've told ourselves for hundreds of years sometimes, right? And it says, let's test this hypothesis. Oh, that's wrong. Let's test another hypothesis. Oh, that looks promising, right? And so that breaks us out of our conventional way of thinking sometimes, right? And I think that's true about fire. And we stayed away from politics because I think 
you know, we've got to, we've got to understand what's actually going on in order to be able to change politics. And I think that will, the politics will follow because the thing about fire that's so exciting is we know how to solve this problem. The solutions are there and the destruction is only increasing. I mean, from 2004 to 2018, we saw 10,000% increase in homes destroyed, right? So eventually politicians and decision makers have to start looking around and say, what do we do differently? Because that's unacceptable. That's not, you know, we're doing our best. We're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this problem and, and, you know, 10,000% in the wrong direction. We can't keep doing that. So eventually politicians, the politics will come to this. They'll come to us. We don't have to go to them. Okay. And, um, that conventional form of thinking, you did break mine personally. Um, because my own way of thinking was this. Oh, just cut down more trees. You cut down more trees, this wouldn't happen. End of story. That that was it. Drop the mic, I walk away. That's that's what I thought before seeing this movie. Um I know you say it in the movie, so I would feel more comfortable asking this question. Why is that not necessarily the course of action? Right. Great question. I mean, look, first off, let's talk about this. In California, 80% of homes that burn are not in forests, right? Let that sink in. You could cut down every tree in California, which has arguably the largest fire problem in the country. You could pave every forest, and you'd still lose 80% of the homes that burn in wildfires. That's not enough, you know? And so that's true if you look at the whole country. It's over half of the homes that burn not in forests, right? There are. There are grass fires in the Midwest. There's chaparral, which is like shrublands um, all over the, the West um, and Southwest, right? And, and they burn. Every ecosystem burns. Um, and so the other thing is, okay, so let's say you go in and you cut down the trees. What we're seeing is it may decrease the fire intensity or it may not, depending upon weather. And... Um, when you cut those trees down, you're releasing carbon dioxide into the atmosphere because, of course, 60% of every tree is carbon, right? That goes into the atmosphere, that warms the climate, that makes the fire problem worse. So when we're looking at solutions like this, we got to say, okay, does it work? Okay, is it is it getting us in the direction we want to go? Is it decarbonizing? Is it not contributing to the problem? Right. And because these are adaptation questions we've got to, we've got to ask as we move into a new world, a new climate. Right. Does it work? Is it durable? No. Trees grow back. You got to keep doing it over and over and over again. And does it work? No. Again, 10,000% increase in just 14 years. If you look at 2004, 2018 in home destruction. So, so yeah, that's why it doesn't work. And I think the big thing is that we put the problem in the forest. And when we think of the problem in the forest, we don't think about changing our homes and our communities. And that's what science shows works. Okay. And and, and I just want to say, look, the, the changes, it's not like we got to live in a concrete ammo bunker. You can live in a normal house, in a normal neighborhood. You just got to make some changes because it is the details. Elaborate. You know what? I'll go to say elaborate because... Let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be people who listen to this and they're going to then watch the movie. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, totally. Right. So, so look, it's the details, right? So, you have, um, you have these big wildfires, whether or not they're grass, chaparral, shrubs, or trees. 
And in windy conditions, that's when you lose the most homes. And what happens is you have embers blowing way in front of the fire front, getting thrown miles at some at times, right? And so they go over whatever sort of minor differences um, in vegetation there is in fuels, right? And they and that's what burns well over half the homes is these embers, right? Eighty percent of the homes. Um, and all an ember needs is a little, just a, a, a sort of a friendly place for an ember in a home, right? So think of it like this. You have neat pine needles in your gutters. An ember lands in your gutter. It ignites the pine needles. Let's say those gutters are vinyl. It, it catches your gutters on fire, burns your home down, right? It's not this 200-foot wall of flame that we imagine, right? Because streets and parking lots and things like that, they cut down that those big flames once we get into an urban environment. So we just think of, of all the little details, all the little places where an ember could get into a home and find a place to burn, right? During a wind event, let's say you have single-pane windows and something hits your window, a, a branch hits your window, breaks one pane, an ember gets in, burns your home from the inside out. You don't have little... Um, uh, wire vent um, covers on your soffit vents that that um, ventilate your attic. You have one little ember gets sucked in those vents, lands in your attic, burns your home from the inside out. You have wood fencing between your neighbor's house and your house. Your neighbor's house catches on fire. The fence catches on fire, wicks the fire to your house, burns it down just like that. So it's these little details. And it's, you know, it's also... The relationship between our garden beds and our walkways, right? So five feet around the home, we do non-combustible materials, concrete, rocks, you know, something nice like that, not bark mulch, not your garden bed. You move your garden bed five feet away, right? Because, of course, our garden beds eventually, we're not going to weed them perfectly every day, especially if there's a fire, ember lands in there, catches everything like your bushes on fire, catches your um, roof on fire, your home burns down. So my point is, it is this, it's a science of the most important ways to keep embers from burning your home down. That's the most important thing. And then the next is you move like five feet out and then 30 feet out and you do have, you control some of the vegetation in your yard. You just thin it out a little bit. You don't want big trees right up against your house. Um, and that prevents the big flames from getting close to you. Um, and the, with those little things, I mean, it's amazing how much difference it makes can be the difference between losing your home and not losing your home in a yeah. fire. Now, I want to kind of zoom back a little bit more, go a little bit more behind the scenes of this film, because there are these conversations, tough conversations you had to have with quite a few people, um, just just being in there. Um, without naming names, what did you have one where you're just like, oh my god, this person is totally not listening to me? Because I can, without spoiling it, I can almost guess who it was, but this person just doesn't get it. So, did, how did you overcome those struggles where you're just kind of like, uh, come on, huh. how are you not getting? <laughs> well, this? I mean, look, we have we have a lot of conversations like that, right? And people come have come out after the film too and said, you know. We don't agree with you. And, and look, there are great, like, well-meaning people who've devoted their lives to this, uh, sort of the opposite of this, right? There are a lot of smart people who tried this experiment, which was to thin forests, to control 
fires in the forest. We've tried that for like 40 years. That means that a lot of people have had 20 plus, 30 plus year careers in doing, in, in doing experiment, right? In right. testing this. They said we, 40 years ago, people were like, oh, we've suppressed fire. That means that there's more fuel in the forest to burn. So we gotta, you know, we gotta cut it out and then maybe we burn some of it, right? To, to get it, to get it out. So to reduce the fuels and re- take trees out of the forest so it doesn't burn. Right. And, and that's, dude, that's, that's just how science works. You come up with an idea and you test it. And boy, we have been testing this idea. So there are a lot of people who have spent their lives and their careers believing legitimately that they are keeping their communities safer and spending hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars on it. And it's not working. That experiment has shown to be not successful, right? And that is a hard pill to swallow if you just spent 30 years of your life on it. And those people, however well-meaning they were and are, have got to step aside and let us do this next, the next thing, right? We got to try the next hypothesis that shows promise in lab. So look, yes, we have hard conversations all the time with politicians, with scientists, with, you know, with, with homeowners who don't want to change their home. I get that. That all makes sense. And I'm here for it. Like, it's a conversation that we have to have as the, as the world warms. It's just the way it is, you know? And so this film is a conversation starter. And a lot of times that conversation is hard. And sometimes that conversation is heated. <laughs> and what I'm saying is like, Totally. Was there one particular one that was like worse than others? I don't know, or like more okay, difficult. I wasn't than there. Others. I'm, I'm only going by you know, the film. You... <laughs> I'm only going by the film because it. Okay, there is one character who I don't want to call him a character because it's a documentary, but um, in the middle of the film, where that person is so staunch on what they believe in, and how did you put that in with the twenty years? Now, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I totally see that. Because if you change his mind, I, I, I'm outing him because I've, I've given more details. Career's over. Career's over. It's just like everything I just did just, just didn't matter. Right. So, right. I, and so I, look, I look at it differently. I, what, what I say to that sort of person is like, look, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Science. In, when you do science, you have to test your hypothesis. And that means some hypotheses will be wrong. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we just did this national experiment for 40 years that was wrong. And boy, yeah, it's hard. That means hard conversations. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, and, that, but what I say again, thank you for your service. We wouldn't have known it was wrong if you hadn't done it. And that's how we, that's how we progress. That's a, that's a double edged sword. If, if my career's on the line, hey, we didn't know you were messing up for 40 years until we got in here. <laughs> look, yeah, 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 yeah. I, okay, okay. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, there's no wrong answer <laughs> because you needed that to happen to find a new yeah. So I totally yeah. understand that. Yeah. So, but I mean, look, there's, there's also like, look, there's also a lot of people who benefit from exactly um, from this idea, thinking. right? The idea that like that like we can just cut more trees down and be safer from fire would be an awesome win-win for the timber industry, right? If that was true, it'd be great because we'd just be like, oh, the safe thing to do 
is to go in and log. And we do a lot of logging in on the West Coast. And, um, and it'd be great because people would make money and we would be safer, but that's not how it is. Right. And so, yeah, if you want to log and you're like really, really committed to that right now, um, you know, I actually think that there's a lot of common cause between the timber industry and what we're talking about. Right. Because if the timber industry doesn't make money when, you know, a hundred, 500,000 of their new teeny little trees burns in a wildfire, and if we keep on, you know, thinking that they're the timber industry by doing what they're doing is making us safer and making reducing like, you know, fire risk, they're going to keep burning too. Like we both are in the same boat. Exactly. <laughs> we got to we got to look at this for what it is. Now, um we're getting up to it. So I got a few more questions. We we're, we're getting around to it, but I I I need to know. How do you feel when you originally set out to make this movie? versus how you feel while working on the movie versus the end result. Have your mind changed or did 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 you achieve do you think you achieved what you set out to do originally? Mm. Well I set out I mean I you know this film is the process of my discovery about this issue. Right? Like when you look at it it's pretty linear. It's like, okay, this is bad. What are we currently doing? okay, it's not working. What do we need to do next? Right. And that is like, that was the process that I went through. Um, and I started out thinking that I was going to make a film about yes, fire can be destructive, but fire is also really good for ecosystems. Right. That was my whole thing. Like, so, okay, so let's do more fire. Let's do more prescribed burns. Let's like let more fires burn. And then paradise burned down. And I was like 19,000 homes and 86 people died. Like that's crazy. And, um, and I didn't know about home hardening. I didn't know about so much of this in the beginning of this project. But I did know, I did know that there was a real big disconnect between, I think, the best available science and the public conversation. It just wasn't exactly what I thought at first. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you go on this journey with me, the director, you know, you, I'm not in it, but like, it's all of these questions that the narrator, David Oyelowo, wow, what a narrator. Um, oh, yeah. When he, when he, um, asks these questions in the narration, like that was my, that was my question. I was just like, okay, so what about this? Let's go research it, you know? And then we, we come out with this, uh, I think a real path forward, which is exciting. Okay. Um, selfishly, I have to ask this question. When you sit back and you look at your body of work, uh, of all the adventures you've done, you're getting caught in wildfires. You're breaking up riots. You're doing all this stuff. Does a piece of you go back to thinking, man, I could just be on a canoe right now, chilling? Does it just like, oh, yeah. it doesn't, does it come Every day. Up? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially, you know, this is, I mean, you're six with this film, right? Yeah. You can tell I love talking about it. You can tell I'm excited about yeah. this stuff, right? Like it, it, I, I don't know, man. Part of it is like, I love, I love taking ideas that we thought were true that aren't serving us anymore and saying, Hey, it's not working anymore. Let's, let's move forward. That, I don't know. It excites me. So that keeps me going. You know, I mean, whether, whatever it is about social justice issues, houselessness, fires, um, you know, other environmental issues, you know, cause I, I believe that stories have this power to like transcend some of the politics and some of the like, headbutting that we do, you know, and so that gives me so much energy 
and so much excitement to be like, hey, there is a path forward and people's human stories can help us see it and get there. Like that just really, yeah, I mean, that, that makes, that makes me, that keeps me motivated, I guess, from just, instead of just like going and sitting on a canoe. <laughs> but hey, but I, I still do that, man. I, I take my kid on a, on a six day wilderness canoe trip every summer. So, so I get I my so. time still. Like, I would hope, like, while you're documenting these awesome stories and you're going down and you're fighting causes, I would hope you have a little, quote, downtime, which you is gotta. white water rafting. Okay, yeah. Well, dude, I've gotten chill. I've gotten so mellow in my old age. Now, I go I go flat water canoeing. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You, 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 you scaled it down a little bit. So. I have. I'm taking it down a notch, man. I, I would hope so because your every day is like, Borderline superhero fighting injustice, fighting fires, doing this. <laughs> hey, let, let, let's just calm down a little bit. Let's just go in the water. Everybody's cool with that? Okay, cool. One week Good a year, for you. I'm chilling. <laughs> you see but, me. But, Trip, thank you so much. I know we're up against it. You got a full schedule. I'm just glad I got a little bit of your time today. The name of the movie is called uh, uh, <clears throat> Elemental. I need you to look in this camera, this camera. It is the 13th of June coming out. I got it right? That's, that's worldwide. That's right. Hey, but I got to say, it's Elemental Reimagine Wildfire because there's this other Elemental coming out by somebody else, Pixar. I don't know. Yep. So so Elemental Reimagine Wildfire, ElementalFilm.com. All right. Trip. thank you so much uh, for just kicking in with us for a hot second. Uh, the movie's great. Um, I hope people learned as much as you know, I did, and I hope you changed some minds. You changed mine. So, Trip, you're welcome back to come back to the podcast anytime you want. Oh, thank you, sir. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you, and I'm sure I'll see you again soon. All right. Thanks, Trip. Have a great one. Cheers. You Bye. too. And there you have it. That was our interview with Trip Jennings. He is the filmmaker behind the new documentary, Elemental Reimagining Wildfire on the 13th of June 2023 you can catch it wherever you get your movies it's a great documentary we learned a lot with this that third verse you heard was our good friend Annie you know how Annie looks out for us and uh, she's been helping out the podcast a little bit more lately and I thank Annie so much so Annie you are amazing never change with that said if you still in the podcast mood and you want to hear another good podcast, you got to hear my boys Bash and Z at the Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z. There are wherever podcasts can be found. Just put in Act Accordingly with Bash and Z. You know the great DJ M80. And if you're lucky, you may get AJ. It's awesome. Those are my guys. Um, check them out. Act Accordingly podcast with Bash and Z. So that's enough of me right now. Again, I want to thank Trip Jennings uh, for showing up, talking about the movie um, Elemental Reimagining Wildfire. Um, also, you know, it's out the 13th of June, 2023. Kicked it with us. I wish the best for this man because he really did his homework on this. Um, but as we close out, everything revolving around the podcast can be found at samshownation.com. Your home for everything related to Just Talk With Sam podcast. Um, you can talk to me personally, whether that be on our socials, whether that be Facebook, 
and Instagram, just talking with Sam, no G and talking, just talking with Sam podcast. Um, if that's um, um, Gmail, you got questions, comments, concerns, you can always go to just talking with Sam, no G and talking at gmail.com, just talking with Sam, no G and talking at gmail.com, or you can talk to me on those Twitter streets at Sam Show 11. The homepage and the website. Everything revolves around samshownation.com. So that's all I got. I will see you guys next time. Peace out.